Welcome to We Talk Banking Finance with Walkers, where we talk to colleagues and peers about the latest trends in offshore finance. So welcome everyone to Walkers We Talk Banking and Finance podcast. Thank you everyone for joining us today. My name is Sarah Hall. I'm a partner in Walker's Risk and Regulatory Group, and I practice Cayman and British Virgin Islands law. I'm delighted to be joined today by Adam Benayoun, who has been working with technology and investing in this space for over 15 years. And Adam's with us today to talk about Web3, to explain what he's been doing for the last 15 years. Over to you, Adam. Thank you, Sarah, and I'm very glad to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Um, so yeah, so my name, my name is Adam. I'm, I've been an entrepreneur for about 15 years, started a couple of companies, um, and then sold my last company in 2015, then became an investor um, in 2015, mainly investing in Web2 for about three and a half years in one of the top seed funds in the world, um, based in South, in South Francisco called Five and a Startup. Um, and at some point, I left Five Minutes Up in order to start my own fund, Collider Ventures, um, that's basically today solely focusing on Web3 startups based out of Israel. And, you know, our core belief is that, you know, Israel is probably going, going to become one of the top ecosystems in the world, if not the second uh, top ecosystem in the world. And uh, we want to invest in the next generation of entrepreneurs building the best Web3 company in the world. Thank you, Adam. So... Today, we asked you here to help us understand more about Web3. Over to you, Adam. Tell us about Web3. Yeah, so every time that I try to explain you know, Web3 to people, what I, what I like to explain is basically go back in time and, and kind of look back at the, uh, you know, the birth of the internet and you know, what we call Web1, Web2. So uh, that discussion is probably going to be less about the technology behind that because mostly the technology has been around for a couple of decades. Um, if you look at blockchain, for example, um, there's uh, it's a database. So the ledger technology was there. The cryptographic element was there for a very long time. And many things were, were there. But but the experiment in 2008, uh, when basically Satoshi Nakamoto you know, started you know, block, uh, Bitcoin, is basically it took a couple of technology together and, and then created something that truly um, you know, changed um, you know, the way that we, uh, we do business today or we do things today. Um, and so when I try to explain why Web3 is important to the world, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we, we started the world in, you know, the 60s, 70s with something called the internet. Back then it wasn't even the internet, but, you know, it's kind of number of networks together um, that were meshed together. And at some point they created like this vast interconnected network of network, which is what called in the, you know, the internet. And it took, um, it took a couple of decades to get to a point where in the 90s, you know, we started seeing websites, you know, and that's where Web1 started. Um, you had, you know, many websites um, out there that were completely static, but a lot of standards were put together back then. If it's HTTP and, um, you know, SSL and, and et cetera. And so there were um, a, a slew of protocols that were completely open completely free for anyone to use to build on top of the internet. The internet was completely neutral. The internet was the infrastructure, no use cases until 90s. Like, I mean, there were, there was, there were some use cases back then, which were solely around, you know, education or even the army. But, you know, in the 90s, it became a little bit mainstream. 
And the way that I see it is, you know, web one is read only. You know, you had websites, you could read about them, you could not write anything, but you could get educated and the information was flowing back and forth between many people. And that led us, led us to the, um, I would say, the big bubble that popped in the 2000. Um, and, you know, there were many websites uh, that started, you know, doing advertising and, and, and getting, you know, public. And, and, and in 2001, um, two and three started the second generation of Web2 where many companies, you know, came and started to build on top of the internet on top of those open protocol. And um, they started building businesses. And what they brought, uh, there was an incremental, but a very important change was the user experience. You know, suddenly you could, you know, send messages, you could leave messages, you could uh, upvote, you could upload a video, you could, you know, do a lot of stuff. And we call that web two, but also it was called the social, the social media revolution. So Facebook and Twitter and, and many, many big companies started back then. And um, um, it was great because it took, the infrastructure built in the internet and the infrastructure built in the protocol built on top of Web1 and added a user experience. But then it was the race for many of those corporation to basically centralize that activity and basically um, it um, gave birth to a lot of corporation. And today, when you look at the world, you see maybe five or six huge corporation that control the internet. When you uh, talk to someone and say, I've been on the internet today, you basically were on one of the top platforms that they, they, they control. If you send an email, use Gmail or use Hotmail, use one of those um, you know, services. If you uploaded a picture, you, you basically uploaded a picture on Google Drive. And those corporations basically have control over, uh, over everything. So web one was about read only, web two was about read and writing, right? Um, but the problem is that web two also took us to a point where Today, everything is kind of centralized and it's a threat to two things. You know, if from a consumer perspective, the big threat is that um, is, is that of a privacy. The main problem is that no one cares about the privacy today. Maybe um, they're a little bit more aware of what type of privacy they're giving away by using those services, but they are okay using the services and giving away privacy to get a great product. Second problem that I see is basically a problem of innovation. By having those or having that internet controlled by those five or six corporations, um, you're basically, you're putting a big buyer to innovation, big buyer to a lot of startups that cannot build new company and basically get into, um, you know, getting into the world and they have to get permission for those big, big corporations. They need to uh, agree to those terms um, and basically, it's a complete different internet that we had in Web One. You know, when Web One uh, got started, Sir Tim Berners-Lee, which was basically the inventor of the you know the www the World Wide Web, basically said, "I want to empower the individual. I want to give them the power to do whatever they want." And today, we don't have the power anymore. The power is centralized within those uh, five corporations. So Web3, in a sense, is not a technology revolution. It's more, I would say, a, culture, a, a cultural um, a power-driven revolution where we want to take away some of that centralization and completely decentralize it. So um, the people who will be uh, owning that new internet or that the, the web tree will not be those five corporations, but will be many corporations, many startups, and also many individuals. Um, and so 
in a way, web one was about read only, web two was about read and write, and web three is about read, write, and own. You basically, you're also the owner of that, of that platform. Um, and so the idea is not to decentralize everything because I don't believe that's gonna work. Um, there's a lot of good things that happens in web two that should remain completely centralized, but there are some things that need to be completely decentralized and become public good. Um, and so basically web three is, taking web one and web two and marry them together. And then, and then you have web three. You take the openness, the fact that everything is open and everything has the freedom to invent and, and, and innovate. But you also take the user experience and the fact that someone also thought that, you know, in order for people to use that, it needs to be easy. It needs to be really good user experience. And together, that gave birth to, the, to, uh, to web three. Um, I'll give a last note about that. We're very early on in terms of Web3. It's going to take a couple of decades. My thought is that it's going to take at least two decades to get where we want to be to a point where people will have the ability to own a piece of infrastructure and be part of a large, uh, of a very large economy. It has the ability to probably change not just finance, but almost anything that we do, if it's real estate, if it's ownership, you know, everything that we own a piece of tangible and intangible as the potential to be completely disrupted uh, disrupted by Web3. But in order for that to happen, we also need to make sure that we put a very comprehensive regulatory framework across the world that will take care of that because we don't know exactly what is you know, true ownership. You know, if you use something like Ethereum or Bitcoin and you have a piece of you know, tangible value, um, what happened if someone steal it from you? What happened if you lost it? There's so many open questions that we don't have the ability to answer with the holy regulation. We need new regulation to answer those uh, new type of technology. And it always happened, you know, every time there's a new technology, it's something new to happen. With the internet, it happened. With mobile, it happened. Then there are new regulation and new type of laws that basically take care of, of the things in order to make sure that people, you know, have, have full consumer protection. And you know, innovator can build and, and know that it can you know create great businesses down the road. Thank you. That's super interesting. So my two takeaways are that one, we basically are empowering individuals. We're at a very early stage of that process. And the second takeaway I have, which is music to my ears as a regulatory lawyer, is that we need effective regulation, appropriate empowerment and checks and balances. Just thinking about some of the projects that you're working with, can you let us know some of the most exciting projects that you're seeing at the moment? Yeah, so that kind of tie in into um, a thesis that we built together, we pulled together in around Israel. So, you know, we've looked at Israel and we asked ourselves as a VC based in Israel and also investing in Israeli company, you know, what type of technology or what type of skill set could we bring to Web3 that could potentially empower the, uh, the, the this whole industry? And um, we we found out that um, most of the, um, you know, entrepreneur or people in the academia uh, were building their skill set in the past decades, um, you know, in technological and intelligence unit in the army, but also in the academia, uh, based on two skill sets that are completely um, that basically are a clear product market fit with you know Web3 and, and blockchain, uh, which is one is security, and the second is cryptography. 
So we have thousands and thousands of engineers getting, you know, uh, out of the, the army every year that have those type of skill set, also for like real world user, you know, real world uh, experience in those things. Um, and so the type of company that we're very, um, you know, fascinated um, about are basically cyber company or, you know, we call it safety company, basically insurance um, company, cyber company, um, monitoring company, regulatory, um, you know, regulation tech and risk management, the things that basically will make Web3 safer. And we think that those um, infrastructure and, and those type of company are fundamental for Web3 to evolve because you cannot, um, you cannot embrace Web3 without consumer protection. You cannot embrace Web3 without allowing institutional investors some type of um, you know, regulation, but also the company that could potentially give you some sort of safety. If it's you know, insurance, if something happened to your assets or something happened to your consumer or customer, whatever, uh, but also cyber that could potentially prevent an attack or hack that you know, could be quite detrimental in Web3 where everything is completely decentralized. You know, if someone hack into your wallet and steal all of your uh, assets, it's a, it's a pretty big deal because in Web3, um, you cannot retrieve those, those assets as opposed to, for example, a bank where you could potentially investigate and you have potential safeguard. But if even someone kind of steal that, then you could still have a trail that you could go on after and then, and then get that asset and then return it back. In a web two environment, or even in a in a in a virtual world, um, we have like new type of use cases that we need to build product for in order to safeguard and in order to protect, you know, cons uh, consumers. So those those are the type of company. I mean, some of the company we obviously see more infrastructure, but those are the type of company we've invested in, in the past, and we think that Israel has really strong product market fit, and we also believe that will also propel. Uh, you know, the Web3 industry forward because that completely answer the open question that the regulator have, the institutional investor have, and also the consumer have today. And those answer, those uh, questions, sorry, don't really have answers to right now. And so we believe that uh, we'll be able to answer those questions in the next, next couple of years with those type of company. So we're coming to the end of our podcast with you. Final question. Looking ahead, if we were having a conversation in 12 months' time, what do you think the developments will have been in these 12 months ahead? Yeah, I, I think that we would probably talk more about regulation and what those new comprehensive regulatory framework means for the industry, mainly because I believe that what happened with, with FTX and, you know, three-hour capital in Celsius and, and, and several other high-profile, uh, um, you know, um, collapses that happened in 2022 um, have brought the regulatory oversight and eyes of you know many regulators around the world that are basically asking themselves you know what do we need to do, what should we do in order to avoid another FTX case, right? And so I believe that they are right now working very hard, getting educated and talking to you know many stakeholders in the ecosystem in order to put together something that is comprehensive but also friendly enough to allow innovator to build something because it's very clear by now that the regulator and also anyone, um, they're looking at Web3 and they're thinking, okay, this is something that has a very big potential and we need to make sure that we're not going to kill it, but we also need to make sure that we can uh, contain it in a way that we can work with in the future. And so I believe that in 12 months, if we talk again, we're probably going to talk about regulation 
and probably going to talk about how Web3 shaped and changed over time to fit that regulation and you know what needs to be done in order to fix regulation because obviously the first time when you roll out regulation it sometimes comes out with you know things that are not good um and you need to fix them but you know as long as you are open to have a discussion around it with the regulator and regulator open to learn about it then i think it's uh, we're in a good we're in a good situation so having regulation and the fact that we're talking about regulation today i think it's a very um it's a very good development for the industry uh it might be um, a little bit contrarian to some people because they believe that you know we don't need more regulation, but we actually need to allow the world to kind of uh, work without regulation. But you know, I'm I'm more pragmatic. I think we need you know we need some oversight. Thank you so much. Well, it's been a pleasure hearing from you today, Adam, and we wish you every success with your various investments. And we do hope we can talk to you again in twelve months' time. All the very best thank and thank you again. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me. And I am very happy I was able to kind of um, explain, you know, my view on Web3 and, and regulation and, and Israel on your podcast. So, so thank you again for that. Thank you. You've been listening to We Talk Banking and Finance from Walkers. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.